0: back of the journey, Dan Panetti. I've got a good friend, Alicia Wood with me. Alicia, I just want to say this about your name. Um, you pronounce it Alicia, right? Am I right? That's correct. That's correct. Alicia. Uh, so now, now every time I see it spelled, which most most people I think pronounce it Alicia, right? I now say it Alicia. And now people correct me, right? Because I'm so used to now saying it. Every time I see it, I'm like, it's Alicia, it's Alicia. So now I'm running around calling people Alicia and their name is Alicia. And I'm like, oh, so you've, you've ruined me you have not helped me
1: so sorry yeah and I've heard Alicia my whole life and I just can't do it because it's you know it's my mother's fault it's not everybody else's fault you know
0: (laughs) no but I love I love how Alicia actually rolls off the tongue better so we're going to correct everybody else's mother who misnamed them (laughs) anyway um, you are an apologist Um, you are now with an incredible um, kind of a newer ministry called apologetics.com what's the name of it I know that's where it's found on the internet what's it called
1: yeah, so actually, um, we we're, we have been actually known as the CS Lewis Society for a while. C-S.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, right. CS Lewis Society,
1: and it's in Tampa, and that's been around uh, for goodness over thirty years, I think, okay. um, or around there, something like that. And yeah, we are we are looking to change things and um, and have the name be switched to Apologetics Inc. Actually, Ooh, yeah. Okay. And so that will be happening at some point in the future, in the next several months or so. So and our website's apologetics.org. So it's super easy.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's so good. Well, you talk about a lot of things. Um, yes. just from an apologetic standpoint, how do we defend the faith? How do we as Christians engage in the culture in which we live, which is so, so important. Um, and there's so many different um, you know, avenues and opportunities for Christians uh, to dive in and wrestle with the truth. There is one issue. Um, that I think is really um, super important for our parents to understand. And it's a very complicated issue. And we're gonna, we're gonna hear a lot more about this particular issue. Um, but uh, the issue of LGBTQ, trans, transgender ideology, all those different things, uh, they seem like they're kind of lumped together. But in, in actuality, there's something very unique about this whole transgender ideology that's kind of happening. And it really um, isn't about gender and sexuality. It's really about the truth. Um, And do we get to um, talk about the truth, defend the truth? What are our parental rights? Um, What does free speech look like? And so this issue is just really, um, I'll say this, the one great thing about Canada um, is they don't have the laws that we have uh, in protecting people from free speech in our constitution. So on this particular issue, they happen to be um, probably several years ahead of us. Uh, in parents and pastors um, going to jail for having different opinions about these particular issues. So, uh, misgendering a child or mispronouncing a child can get you in trouble. Where here, it can get you yelled at and you can become a YouTube sensation because somebody recorded you saying him instead of her or whatever. Um, but in other places, you're you're literally looking at jail time and and something you know far worse. And so. Um, you have an incredible amount of information that you've put together that you want to share with our parents. I think we'll probably have to do two episodes, um, <laughs> but I, I want to I want to dive in. I want to dive in and I, I want our parents to um, listen, learn, think through. And I really want to encourage our parents to kind of take, this is one of those episodes that um, if you've got friends that are not at PCA and they're not getting this information, mm-hmm. um, I need you to you know send this to your friends and say, hey, you've got to listen to this because a lot of our friends who are in public schools um. This is what we're talking about: is the government uh, officials are taking young children um, and are encouraging them in this whole uh, gender dysphoria. And once the government, you know, kind of does something to your child, it's a very, very difficult thing for parents now to come in and say, "Hey, no, I don't agree with that." In fact, I'm, I'm holding a um, a copy of a you know a copy of an Amicus brief right here in my hand of a you know family in Florida, uh, whose you know junior high daughter. Right, the, the public school said, "Hey, uh, you know, we think they're dealing with gender confusion. So they started treating her as a boy. They started giving her puberty blockers, all you know, without telling the parents at all. So the parents have sued, and there's a lot of these lawsuits that are beginning to happen. And I think our parents need to know there's a there's a bunch of stuff in the next couple of years that you're really going to be reading about and seeing and mm-hmm. hearing about. So, mm-hmm. Alicia, where do you want to start with the information <laughs> our parents need to know?
1: Yeah, so there's a lot, and I, and just thank you for doing." Um, an episode on something like this. I remember from speaking at PCA several years back. One of the things I love about um, what they do there is they don't shelter kids. Because right. the reality is this is happening in the culture. It's happening around us, which means they already know about it. So let's talk about it. Right. Um, and so it's interesting that you mentioned what's happening in Canada because I, I just saw recently that California now is looking to see if they can enact a ban or a law to punish parents. For misgendering their child, so calling their child by a pronoun that's different than what the child wants to be called by, so it's slowly happening. It's so it's making its way here. You always kind of watch what's happening in Canada because it kind of seems we kind of follow Canada a couple yeah. of years later, yeah. and it is coming our way in terms of this kind of stuff.
0: But in but in Texas, we just passed a law in our legislative session that uh, bans the mutilation of minors. So. Right. So that whole thing is right. You know, California is doing one thing, you know, but yet Texas and Europe are beginning to push back on this. So this is what's kind of interesting from a parent standpoint is kind of watching it, saying what's going to happen. And the reality is, is what's going to happen is if Christians get involved in this and understand it. Right. We can push back the darkness with the truth of God's word on this particular issue.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And that's what's actually also interesting. Um, I think, as you mentioned, different cultural things, is a lot of this battle is being fought actually from the culture. A lot Mm -hmm. of times people think it's the Christians or conservatives versus the transgender community. And that is not true, actually. The loudest voices in this are um, people from the culture. It's medical doctors. It's scientists. It's atheists who are scientists. I mean, it's therapists. It is people who transition and then de-transition. So these people are not Christian per se. These are families that are completely affirming of transgenderism. But they're saying something is drastically wrong here. So, yeah, just to jump in, just in case some parents really just aren't quite sure, because gender used to be something different as it happens in our society, words change. Yes. And gender kind of has been pulled apart from what we, would, what we would traditionally call sex in terms of male or female. Mm-hmm. So, gender dysphoria essentially is when there's a disconnect between the sex that you were assigned at birth. So, male and female, usually based on your genitalia. Right. And the gender identity that you identify as so you may right. be born biologically male, but you may say that you feel female or you have an expression um, that causes you to identify more with being female.
0: Yeah. So and here's so- the deal. Se- sex, sex is biology. Sex is facts. Right. Gender is feelings.
1: Correct. And, that's and how so those come to That's, be.
0: that's the, right. That's the distinction, right, that the culture is trying to make. So that's really important to understand. Se- right. You're a woman. I'm a man that we're talking sex. Now, what do you feel, right? Now we're talking gender. And and yes. are, for me, right? I'm, you know, 53 years old. Those two used to be the same thing. <laughs> it Used to be the same thing. It, we used to check really the matter, same right? box. Yeah. Right? It didn't really matter what you felt and you know, even even if I were a male, right? And I had, you know, uh feminine qualities, right? I was still right. a male, right? I've been right. I might have been more feminine male or I might have been a more masculine female. Right. But gender and sex were never separated. And now I think the culture has has really tried to separate those. So that's the, that's the first thing for parents to understand.
1: Exactly. Exactly. That is really important because they have to understand that words change the mm-hmm. definitions of words change. And, and so on a, on a sheet growing up, you'd do, you know, name, address, you put gender, male or female. That's how we would used to do it. Yep. Now, gender has a different definition. And so it's based off of your feeling, your expressions, um, whether you define yourself as feminine or masculine, these kind of things is how you view yourself, how you see yourself. But it's not based on your biology. The gender- gendered person would, would, would recognize there is a biology component, yeah. but they would just say that they that is not how they choose to express themselves or not how they feel. They don't, there's a right. disconnect there.
0: Right, They're not so, limited to it. right i I love that yeah i'm limited to the sex assigned to me at birth right i'm like no not really right like somehow
1: my biology got it wrong my brain got it wrong my body got it wrong this kind of thing and so and so when when somebody just another point of clarification a lot of people are confused on certain words when you call somebody a trans woman a trans woman is someone who was born male but identifies as female so they've transitioned to woman so they're a trans woman same thing with trans man someone who is born female, but transitioned to being male. So that's a trans man. So that's just really important because I'll use those terms kind of as we talk. So just, just to give a little lay of the land here, um, I would strongly recommend that people read a book by a woman named Abigail Schreier. Um, it's called Irreversible Damage. And mm. once, once again, a lot of the things that I'm going to talk about really are not coming from Christians. And once again, that's not because Christians don't have a, a, a things to say. It's because the larger culture has had so much to say, and it's really helpful. You take a little Acts 17 approach when Paul quotes from, when he's in the Jewish synagogue, he quotes from their scriptures. When he's not in the Jewish synagogue, when he's out in the Areopagus, he quotes from their poets and their people. So here we are quoting from the culture of people that, because um, once I say, if I spoke from Christians and people say, well, that's just bias and they don't trust it. So I'm referencing the culture. Abigail Schreier is not a Christian, and she wrote a fascinating book that will give you a great overview of What, how to kind of think through some of these issues and understand really what's going on. So I totally recommend that book. But just so you know, um, in 2021, or as of 2021, 1.8% of people under 18 identified as transgender. Now, that may not sound like a lot, but it's actually double five years prior. So even just in five years, that number has drastically changed. From 2016 to 2017, gender surgeries for female to male, born female, transitioning to male increased by four times, Mm -hmm. and they now make up 70% of gender surgeries. And in 2018, the UK reported a staggering rise in female to gender treatments, 4,400% increase in female to male gender treatments is what came out of the UK. That is a staggering number. And so you need to, some some of you may think, okay, um, what kind of, what's happening? Like, what is, why is there a certain kind of way to think about some of these people? Well, let me just give you kind of a, I don't know, a demographic is kind of what I'm looking for. Over 80% of these people were natal females. Natal just means they were born females. So you're females with a mean age of about 16.4. They lived at home with their parents. They had zero history of any kind of gender dysphoria as children. So maybe as a young girl, she loved playing with Barbie dolls and she loved doing really girly things. And all of a sudden at 16, she says, I'm a boy. In other words, the parents are like, where did this come from? This wasn't like you were a tomboy who's saying you want to be a boy. You were very girly. So they had zero history of gender dysphoria. Um, and here's a very, very key thing that people need to understand. The majority of the of young girls specifically that are transitioning um, have usually one or more of four different things. So depression, anxiety, ADHD, and autism, depression, anxiety, ADHD, and autism. So, and then over half actually, or almost half were engaging in self-harm before they the gender dysphoria even set in. So you already are starting with young girls who have struggled with some kind of mental health condition. Right. And, and then they're identifying as gender dysphoric. Now, about half of them are academically gifted. Um, and interestingly enough, 65% had increased their social media time right before coming out as trans.
0: So that's is- a a lot of what now, um, you and I were just talking about Matt Walsh's, um, what is a woman? Yes. Um, because the documentary that he did, I hadn't watched it. They just put it out free on Twitter. Yeah. Right. Thank did. you. Thank thank you. Twitter. Um, <laughs> thank you, Elon Musk, for um, you know making that available. Um, but I just I just watched it, and that's one of the things that they bring out in that particular you know documentary is um, young people are beginning to go online, kind of ask questions. They don't feel like they fit in or whatever. They start asking questions, and there are these um, social forums that right they start getting all this information, and that increases dramatically. And so the exactly. social factors of these young people. Um, Instead of asking their parents, not asking their pastors, not even asking their friends, but going out into a community and having conversations with people um, who feel like they're disconnected. And all of a sudden they get all this kind of, you know, information. It's like, yes, this is how you feel. And, 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 you know, they fit into that concept and then they make these dramatic decisions. And the most difficult thing is, is once they um, talk about this gender confusion, this gender dysphoria, then they have the power of kind of the state where you can't disagree with them. You yes. know what I mean? And th- that's, that's the big thing, right? So it's like, yep. you know, if they were asking questions and getting counseling, um, I was just going to say, um, you know, a, a headline popped up on my computer today about a California girl who's 18, right? When she was 13, she went through this gender confusion. Um, she immediately had, you know, a top surgery, right? A full mastectomy at 13 years old. Um, 13 years age. Right. Um, and her thing now is she's suing the hospital that did the surgery because she said, why were you encouraging me to get an irreversible medical treatment as opposed to counseling? Yep. But the problem is, is like, well, um, when somebody comes in and says, hey, let me push back on that a little bit. Right. The power of the state is silencing parents, silencing any opposing voices at all. And that's one of the things that's super you know, concerning about this particular issue.
1: Absolutely. And it's interesting because you mentioned California, right? And 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 that's what's interesting about this issue is that these the parents that are that are um supporting this are overwhelmingly pro LGBTQ. Like these are extremely yes. liberal parents. Yep. And and so they are they're they are not against any of this kind of stuff at all, but they're like, wait a minute, this isn't my daughter, or this isn't my son, or something is wrong here. And so they're finding out now the lawsuits are starting to are starting to roll in. So let me kind of explain them what's happening so people have a better better idea. Several years ago, there was a woman named Lisa Littman who was a OBGYN okay. and medical doctor. And um, she started noticing um, that I think she went from OBGYN to, to she left that for something else. I can't quite remember what it was at this point, but she started noticing on, on, on Facebook that a young girl would come out as trans. And then all of a sudden, several girls in her friend group would come out as trans. And she's like, that's interesting that you would have this massive kind of um, transitioning with with groups of girls, right? And and um, so she started looking into it further, and she ended up com- coming to the conclusion that this was uh, something called rapid onset gender dysphoria. I believe she's the one who coined that term, actually. Yep. And so essentially, what she's saying is like, look, there are these young girls who seem to have no issues at all, pr- a prior history of any kind of gender dysphoria but they are struggling with these. One of the four, two of the four things that I mentioned, depression, anxiety, ADHD, and autism. And, you know, we know already that mental health is on the rise. And I, and I hate to tell people this kind of stuff, because I'm sure this is when they get mad and tune me out, but the links between mental health and social media, the studies have already been done. They're out there. And we know the effects that social media has had on our youth and, and their mental health. And the CDC just came out with this with a study that was pretty um, wild, just um, I don't even know a couple of months ago, I think it was. Um, but they said between 2011 and 2021, the number of teens and young adults with clinical depression more than doubled. And the suicide rate between 2007, 2019 uh, for people in their early 20s rose by 41 percent. And for 10 to 14 year olds, it tripled for boys and it nearly quadrupled for girls. Mm. So the thing is, the, social, the effects of social media, these young girls are already struggling, they're on social media, it's not making them feel great because you got all this comparison, Instagram Try. and TikTok, and Try. they're not pretty enough, they're not tall enough, their hair doesn't look a certain way, their body isn't forming how they want, they're going through all these puberty type things. And then they get on social media and the people say, oh, you're hurting? Don't worry, it's because you're really a boy. And they, and they tell them that, that, you know, when I transitioned to boy, everything was great, everything was better. And so these young girls think, oh, that's my problem. I'm a boy. That's why I don't like, that's why I don't identify or I'm not comfortable with my body because, because I'm actually a boy and they start to internalize all of these things. And, and so they go to their parents and their parents are like, what, where did this come from? And then they start changing their name. You know, they want to be called by a boy name, or maybe they start dressing um like a boy and the parents are still kind of trying to figure this out and so they say well let me take them to a therapist I take them to a therapist and the therapist says well you know what by this age teenagers know they know that they they already know if they're male or female they know so the parents are like okay and maybe after a visit or two these these girls are then referred to um uh, endocrinologists who then puts yep. them on puberty blockers yep. and parents are told these puberty blockers as you know from the um, the what is a woman? They they're told these puberty blockers are 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 reversible. Once we just stop giving them to kids, um, then everything will turn back to the way it was. The problem is we have no zero zero studies
0: Which, on okay. So here's the effects of
1: puberty blockers.
0: You and I are neither of us are medical doctors, but but I'm just telling you that doesn't make any sense at all.
1: <laughs> <I> no, <know. laughs>
0: right to to stop puberty, right to to give you right uh, hormones. That would not allow your body to go through this incredibly complicated, crazy procedure called puberty. And then you say, oh, well, when we take you off, your body will just go back into it. I'm like, I'm not a medical doctor, but I'm like, that to me sounds like fantasy land 101. Like, that's yes. just, that's so not true. Yeah. You know, is- I mean, and, and puberty, right? I mean, I was just uh, talking to a guy, you know, uh, earlier, right? The whole idea of zero to two is the most change that a human body ever goes through but you're young so you don't really realize it the next time is puberty right that you know 12 13 14 year old right your body is going to go through more changes right physiologically mentally psychologically all those things right and so it's like to to somehow interrupt that or to disrupt that or to do anything to it to make it complicated I'm like, that's just craziness. And, you know, you and I both know that they say that more than 90% of the people who have identified with some sort of gender confusion, if they simply allow their body to go through puberty, they then dissipate with that whole gender confusion. So the whole concept is, is God, you know, you may be confused. You may not fit in, or you may not like your body. God's given you a process, which once he takes you through that, Right. Then, you know, as those chemicals wash through your brain and change your body, it's like, oh, now I understand. It's like, right, when you were 12, it was complicated. Middle school was complicated for all of us. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But but now you go through puberty, now you're 19, and you're like, oh yeah, I get it now. But so many of these young people are, are doing dramatic changes to their body, irreversible. And, and the, right. the, the crazy thing is, is we need to, we need to understand right, like what's happening so that we can help people navigate this really complicated, you know, difficult time, but it's a really short window, right? We're not talking about 40 years of something. We're talking about this, you know, four kind of four year window that we need to make sure that we present as much truth to people as we can mm-hmm. so they can make the proper decisions.
1: Yes, yeah, because we, yes, because we don't know. I mean, like you said, giving pu- puberty blockers to kids, puberty blockers is chemical, um, it's, it's a way of putting, uh, of ushering in a young girl's body into, um, menopause. It's chemical yep. menopause, essentially is what it is. Chemical and,
0: castration and, is what Matt Walsh called it. Well, is <laughs> like, whoa, right. But stopping the body from developing the way it should, right. And altering it and changing it so that in a sense, as a young man, I would never fully become a man or as a young woman, you'd never fully become a woman. Right. That's crazy talk. That's crazy. right? And, and yeah. the
1: reason they do that is so that the quote unquote buys the more buys the child more time, exactly. kind of without their body developing to figure out who they want to be. The last thing, a girl who's 12, um, who's starting to develop a chest and <clears throat> she's saying, I'm, I'm a boy, she's not going to want that development. And right. but the problem is after, you know, a couple years of puberty blockers, you kind of feel like, OK, that's not I still don't feel right. Like yep. I'm still not <clears throat> happy or content. So I need to go the next step. I need to do cross-sex hormones. And as a young girl, I'm going to take testosterone. As yep. a young man, I'm going to take estrogen. And so then they go on. they take the, the girls take the testosterone and guys take the estrogen. And here's something people need to understand is just a few months, three, four months on testosterone and the effects become permanent. So wow. the beard is permanent that the young girls start to grow. The deepening of the voice becomes permanent. The way that the body shifts fat because um, young girls and, and boys carry fat um, differently. Mm-hmm. Um, the effects on your on your genitalia, all of these things become permanent after just a few short months The growth in body hair. All of these things, it, it doesn't actually change. And so now, mm you're like, okay, I still don't quite, I'm still quite not like a boy, even though I have a lower voice and I'm growing a beard and, you know, I need the double mastectomy. So then they can start going Mm. for surgeries. Then they start going for genitalia surgeries. And next thing, you know, they're like, okay, I think this might be it. Now, keep in mind, you should also know that that testosterone, I think is an antidepressant. So if if you're already struggling uh, struggling with depression, when you get on this testosterone, it actually makes you feel a little bit better. Um, and so they kind of have this little high where they feel like, yeah. okay, things are good, but once they get that surgery and now they're like, okay, I should be happy now and give it a couple years as they go into their twenties. And what we're finding is they now all of a sudden, like you said, they become happy with their, um, with their puberty or with their developments and they become happy with them, with themselves as a woman or as a man. And they look back at their bodies and they think, what have I done? Yep. Yeah. Because what happens in normal puberty is, yeah, you don't like yourself for a bunch of years, but but, it's, but, the, but when you hit your 20s, that's generally when people start to actually like their bodies and, and be okay with themselves. But now it's too late because they've already damaged their bodies. Many of them yeah. are infertile or sterile because they tell you if you've been on testosterone for a period of time. Women need to get hysterectomies because testosterone increases your risk of endometrial cancer and ovarian cancer. So they're getting full hysterectomies in their early twenties or late teens. So now they're in their mid twenties. They wanna get married even heterosexually and they wanna have kids and now they've got nothing to do that. Yeah. And the worst part is now they are still depressed. Now they're still anxious. Now they still have autism. Now they still have ADHD. Why? Because that was never treated. They ne- Nobody ever treated those things in them. All that happened was they, they treated them for being a boy, but they never treated the mental health. So their mental health isn't better. Right. And now they're still in pain. Yep. And the parents are stuck. The parents are stuck because they feel like The doctors tell the parents, well, would you, if you don't transition your daughter, she's going to commit suicide. Okay. That's false. We don't have studies on that. And the studies that we do show a very, 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 very very tiny fraction. And basically you look at at a gender clinic in England and Tavistock had a very low percentage of um, kids that committed suicide. But the point is, so parents are basically threatened by the doctors. Would you like a dead daughter or would you rather have a live son? And so parents feel trapped and they don't know what to do.
0: Yep, very, very, very true. So, um, what, what, what's next for parents, right? Um, as, as parents, um, I mean, think about this from a, a you know Christian perspective, right? That this is um, this isn't something that my son or daughter should be uh, wrestling with. Um, but the the reality is, is you know, we we live in a broad, a fallen and broken world. So if this is something that your son or daughter is you know is wrestling with, or they've got friends and, and you know, that conversation happens, um, you know, I, I think it's that that concept of saying God's word gives us the truth about creation. God made us male and female. So we don't have to worry about that. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's just, you know, I I think so many people um, don't want to um, deal with, you know, the reality of, of, you know, my son or daughter is struggling with anything. Um, And so, you know, we, we kind of, you know, we ignore it, we push it, you know, beside, um, and our kids struggle kind of in silence, but they will go find help. They will go find people, who will tell them things that may not be true uh, and they'll listen you know to that that wisdom or that advice um those you know social media chat rooms um you know that um you know public school nurse um you know that uh, counselor who you know believes that in, in gender you know dysphoria um and that was the one thing you know matt walsh is we just talked about this right but his what is a woman um, it was interesting to see how many people Um, who are very, very smart people, PhDs, you know, college professors, um, you know, uh, as you said, you know, um, you know, pediatricians, right? These people have gone through medical school. (laughs) So, so, you know, it's like, you've been trained to understand how biology works, but they have 100% bought into this whole idea that gender is a social construct and you can make it into whatever you want. Yep. And that their their job is to help you create this fantasy and this reality. I think the best way. Um, Carl Truman was on there. He's um, you know the uh, the guy who wrote the Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, uh, and he said that the two big things, the two big factors that we've got to deal with is um, that personal happiness is the greatest goal for humanity, mm-hmm. um, and that I uh, I am my feelings, yeah. and I think I think that's the concept. Right? Is you know as a parent, when somebody said, "Do you want your kids to be happy?" of us as parents are going to say yes. And I think that's already taken a step on the slippery slope, (laughs) right? It's Mm -hmm. like, be very careful where this goes. You know, do I want my kids to be happy? It's like, okay, be careful. Um, because if, if now happiness is defined by how I feel, Right now we're walking down into a path where I've got to create my own reality. And, and that's a very difficult place to be. And so I think we need to be able to push back on, on both of those concepts from a parenting perspective um, and say, listen, the goal is not happiness. The goal is holiness. Uh, The goal is to live in such a way to honor God and his creation. Um, Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know what, here's the deal. Um, We are not going to be happy about our circumstances and the things around us. Um, But here's what we're going to do is we're going to have the joy of the Lord and he's going to get us through those difficult and dark times and those situations in our life. Um, But we're going to stay true to the facts and not let our feelings run the train of life. Um, so, listen. We we've covered a lot of ground. We've got a lot more to go. Um, so let's let's stop and and just kind of pause here for a second to let our parents, you know, kind of digest all the things that we've said. Uh, we'll come back and we will dive into the okay, parents. What do you need to do, right? What are what are the factors that you really need to address, and how do we really understand those things? So, Alicia, thanks for the first episode. Um, but we'll be back in a few minutes, uh, or actually next week, we'll be back with with more um, about what to do with this particular issue. Great, thank you. Thank you for investing the time to listen to this episode of the Journey. Please take a minute to share with friends and family who will also benefit from this valuable resource, and don't forget to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast app. It is truly our blessing and honor to walk with you on The Journey.